You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 12 of the Amen Corner. He's Stephen Cook. And he's Brad Rothschild. And we are living up to our New Year's resolution. And even though this is late, we're still given the weekly podcast. Late? It's Tuesday. And it's late. <laughs> it's late. Well, I mean, we had we had some issues. Well, we were supposed to do it. We always have issues. And I got stuck. Because I was stuck. supposed to fly on one of those Boeing 737 MAX 9s. Good thing you didn't. We were on the plane. The panel, the, the holy blew shit! Out. It was a whole door. Yeah, dude. I and re- then so I, re- I go ahead. No, I just. I mean, I'm glad, but it it really it really fucked me up. Um, I was supposed to get home Saturday night. I didn't get home till like Sunday evening after six. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, and and I was flying. I was flying from Sun Valley to Denver, Denver to BWI, and they didn't cancel. And I knew this was happening. They didn't cancel my flight until I was actually flying from Sun Valley to yeah. Denver. And I had Wi-Fi on the plane and the app. I have status on United. And like they're supposed to kind of rebook me. They weren't doing anything. The app didn't work. It, every there were ton, Denver's a big hub for United. It was chaos in the terminal. The line for customer service was a mile long. And when I finally reached someone, the guy was a total doofus. You know who took care of me? My wife. Well, Lauren she, reached someone at does. United, rerouted me, hung up the phone, and then got me a hotel room at the airport hotel that's like literally in the airport in Denver. Really nice Westin. I mean, I, 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 she's a real keeper, right? There were refugees from the Max 9 all over the airport the next morning when I had to leave. Like, people That's couldn't get hotel rooms. Crazy. It was nuts. I read this morning that in that Air Alaska flight that where the panel blew out or the door blew out, yeah. they found an iPhone an that iPhone. had fallen and it was perfectly intact. That's a commercial for you. It's a I mean, new that, Apple commercial. That's crazy. I mean, obviously they're gonna play up. They're gonna play this up forever. But then yeah. I'm supposed to go on um, on Monday. I'm giving a talk in Tulsa, and so I was supposed to fly through Denver. And I looked at my itinerary last night. Seven thirty seven Max nine. Enjoy. They don't know when these planes are grounded. They don't, meanwhile, United hasn't done anything. So I went on the United website and I rerouted myself. And they charged me. There they charged go. me a $66 change fee. Ain't that they, America. They should they should charge it to uh, Boeing. Good I mean, fact. that's a junk fee, right? I did it myself on the website. I don't know, man. <laughs> Airlines. Have you ever I, been to tell? Have you ever? Fee. I stayed an extra day in Sun Valley. Yeah. And so I went to check out. <laughs> they I'm at a resort, right? And they charge me a resort, resort fee. fee. Yeah. What does that even mean? I don't know. It's I a fee use... for being in a resort. Isn't that called? The isn't that? And, and let me tell you something. Sun Valley, not inexpensive. 
Yeah. It was crazy. It was to, like another 80 bucks, I think. Have you been to Tulsa before? I've never been to Tulsa. I have actually been to Tulsa. Really? Yes, I have been. Um, so the whole deal here is the Tulsa World Affairs Council or Council on Foreign Relations, whatever it is. They have that? Yeah, they have that. They invited me out to give a talk. And I'm going out on Monday. My talk isn't until Tuesday evening. And I get, I'm get i getting the Tulsa tour on Tuesday. Nice. I'm getting like the uh the tour of the area of Tulsa that was destroyed in those race riots in yeah. the early when I went when I went to Tulsa it was before anybody had even knew about that known about this so it right. wasn't like a thing I was working still at, in the corporate world mm -hmm. and I was talking to like whatever partner that I was dealing with and they were like yeah we're excited for you to come blah 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 I'm like so is there anything to do at night in Tulsa and I heard him on the other line, like, well, what did you have in mind? Like, he was thinking, like, I'm talking like a strip club or something. I'm like, uh, I'm like, you guys got baseball? He's like, oh, yeah, we have minor league baseball. It would be great. And it turned out that there was a, the Tulsa Drillers were in town that night. And oh, that's got, awesome. And they got us a box. Like, you think... Like Yankee Stadium, the box, like right. you know, like it's really not like that no, but at still. all. But it was still awesome. That's awesome. And they were like, "Oh, it's probably not like Yankee Stadium." I'm like, "Yeah, but who cares?" I'm like, "This is great." It's, it's Tulsa. Don't they like take you for like, I don't know, a T-bone steak with uh, oil? Yeah, on I don't it? know. I didn't have any. I don't remember eating there at all. But I do remember going to the baseball game. So, and there's like a Woody Guthrie Museum or something. Oh, well, you should check that out. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, 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 I kind of need to work, but the, the, they're really wanting to host me and well, show yeah. me around Tulsa. So when are you going to get back to Tulsa? There's been too many American cities where I just sat in a hotel room. So when are you going to get back to Tulsa? You're not. No, right. Exactly. And exactly. you won't be rushing back anyway. <laughs> Nothing against the good people of Tulsa. I, you know, it's. It's bad. My original my original itinerary was from October. I was supposed to go out there October eighth, ninth, and tenth, and I mm, obviously had to stay in clearly, DC. Yeah. But it was like I got in at like eleven p.m. on Monday, and my flight out was like seven a.m. on Wednesday. I think I was sending people a message. I'm staying a little longer this time, though. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to be mean to anybody. So that, that's always that's always a good yeah. rule of thumb. Don't be mean. So to anyway, so. It was it a clusterfuck my, trying to get home. Is it my imagination or are more and more people just sort of giving in to the inevitability that like we're going to have fascism in this country in the next year? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the president gave that speech yeah. um, in which he warned about it. And there have been a lot of articles. I mean, starting – when was it? In December with um, – what's his name? Bob Kagan – had like two giant pieces in the Washington Post about, you know, fascism and dictatorship yeah. coming. Um, I think, do you know that um, this morning the polling showed Nikki Haley seven points behind Trump in New Hampshire? Um, right. Which is, so, you know, with the. What's and the Chris Christie has 12% 12, has 12 support. If he dropped out and said everybody should vote for Nikki Haley, 65% right. of his voters say that she's the second choice and then and the number of Christie voters who say that they'll vote for Trump is an asterisk because there's no one. So right. there have yeah. been a lot of people saying Christie should stay in because he's the only one who's willing to forthrightly 
right. challenge him. Get any traction is New Hampshire. So if she could win in New Hampshire, I don't know. What's the margin of error in that poll? I didn't. I didn't. It's got to be like three or four, right? So she's close. I was on the uh, elliptical, so I didn't, I couldn't so see it that one. She's close. She's close, right? Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like we're teetering right now. No, and like you know, Nikki Haley's got significant problems, but just just the ability to challenge him, so he doesn't run away with too easy victory, and then he's the presumptive nominee. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. A friend of mine gave five bucks to Christie. Yeah, just to keep him in the race. This was months ago to get yeah. and get him on the debate stage and stuff like that. I don't know whether he gave. He's a dedicated Amen Corner listener, my friend John. He was talking about giving like five dollars to Nikki Haley, but the stuff he now gets is in, in his email as a result of giving to him. It, it, like all this right wing stuff. Great. I get texts from Nikki Haley all the time, and I block it, and I keep getting them. Oh, I got last night. I got an email from uh, not an email, a text from Adam Schiff. I was like, oh. Adam Schiff's texting me. Yeah. That's what awesome. Are you up to? Hey, Adam, how are you? What's up, man? Yeah. No, I get, I get like random, you know, liberal slash progressive ones, but like I never get like Nikki right. Haley or she's as probably as far as right as I'll get. I don't get anything crazier than that. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, she's, you know, she's the closest thing to a traditional Republican without yeah, actually being a traditional a, Republican. She's a problem too. Cause she They're won't, she won't problems. directly, she, continually will not directly criticize Trump. So do you think that she's really running to be the vice president? I don't know. You know, he puts a premium on loyalty and she's running just the act of running for president is disloyal. Fair enough. I'm guessing he's going to pick someone like Kari Lake. I think he's going to pick his own daughter. You think? I do. Or is that just your Upper West Side bubble speaking? And I, I, this is the bubble of my head. This is my head bubble speaking because if he's going to be dictator, why wouldn't he set up his family to take over when he's done? Yeah. I mean, I, there won't be another fair, free and fair election if he wins. There just won't nope. be. And even if he dies, he's going to set it up so that his dynasty will continue. Isn't it amazing? There's so much discussion of... President Biden's age. Trump's only three and a half years younger. Yep. And did we discuss this? And he also has cognitive issues. Yeah, we talked about this. He's yeah. fucking, he's a blathering It's ridiculous. Idiot. I it mean, is, it, it is, is the race of Altacacas, but I mean, it, it, it's not like Biden is 15, 20 years older no. than this, you know, vigorous guy. Trump gives off the impression of being more vigorous because they must pump him up with something. But it's because there are those photos of him where he looks near death and then he gets on stage for two hours and he actually looks somewhat vigorous. But he, but Biden's in much better physical yeah, shape yeah, yeah. than he is. Trump is a right. Fat he doesn't buck. sit around eating cheeseburgers. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Biden suffers because he's got that stutter, which makes right. him seem like he right. is like more confused right. and yep. more. Yeah. Yeah. And and that sucks. And you know what else sucks for him? The media is pushing that narrative that he's too old. And look, it very well may be that he is too old, but you're right. Trump is not that much younger. Well, look, I I have to believe that he did not believe he would run for a second term. I have to believe that he would come in. He thought, you know, he could kind of right the ship, you know, Joe Biden, dedicated centrist. The yeah. whole Trump thing would sort of fade as South he was Vader. successful. But Kamala Harris never caught 
you know, the imagination of the American people. Her polling numbers are terrible. So if, if he were to step is? aside, the Democrats would surely lose. Well, why do you think her numbers are so bad? Why do you think her popularity is so low? I mean, I think it's uh, multiple factors. Um, it, in addition to, you know, the fact that she is a woman of color, which I'm not going to say that that's the primary reason, but it's certainly a reason. She's not, she just doesn't seem very good on the, you know, out talking to people. So what happened to her, do you think? Like she, I don't know. She had a lot of mojo going before. I know. You know, in 2020. I know. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't necessarily think that America is ready again for a Democratic woman of color. Because what about Nikki Haley? I mean, she's I'm not a Democrat. But... Exactly. So, so the fact that Nikki Haley is doing well sort of undermines the idea that women of color is well, problematic. I th- again, I think I think Nikki Haley is just a better politician than Kamala Harris. But, but I, I Kamala think, Harris. Sorry. I, I think that there is something to the fact that Republicans uh, are never supportive of progressive women of color. Yeah. But they are supportive of women of color and white who are not progressive like uh so then it's so, really the policies it's not it's actually not, the descriptive no, characteristics i think it's i think it's a combination i think they like a certain kind of woman and they are afraid of a different kind of woman and i think uh hillary clinton was the kind of woman well they, they, they were like afraid of were left not that Hillary Clinton is so left, but, I think but they painted her as left. I, yeah, but I think there's something about women specifically who are not um, as – I don't want to use this uh, in, improperly, but like with traditional values, let's say – of like, well, you remember Hillary Clinton said, like, you know, I'm not going to make cookies. I'm not going to make, they want somebody with the perception of that she's staying home and making cookies. Like I, but Sarah that doesn't Palin. make sense if, but if Nikki Haley's got 32% support. I, I, I know, but like, think about Sarah Palin, right? She got props from the right for being the mama bear. Right, right, right. right? The hockey mom. Right. But there's a certain idea that like she's driving the station wagon. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, you, you think if Hillary Clinton, you know, posed with an AR-15 and a cake in her hands, then she'd be acceptable to the right. I think. I think Hillary is. So then, a, it's, then it really I, is about policies. I mean, I I think it's Hillary had a you know thirty years of media attention, negative right. media attention. So no, maybe, no, no. But I'm just saying in general, else, take a woman, a white woman. And, I don't know. Like I said, I think the Nikki Haley thing sort of undermines that argument. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't think I've so because more... I, I think her – well, it is about politics. Well, I, here's the thing. This is – maybe it's just this week, but I'm skeptical. I think that Claudine Gay and her defenders saying that she was attacked because that, – that she was forced to resign because she's a woman of color doesn't ring true to me. I think – Yes, there was racial animus directed at her, but that's she is a plagiarizer. Okay, it may not ring true to you, but to many people in this country, it does ring true. Whether but that, not- but 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 that the problem is is that if she was not a plagiarizer, she would be in the she would be the president of Harvard today. I don't disagree with what you're saying, right? But this is about optics. 
as well. So, well, so then it's it's not about facts; it's about narrative. So the right and the left are guilty of the same thing. The, everybody is guilty of this. In this case, it is both sides are guilty of this. But but she they did go after her. They went after all of the. Well, she is a she's a kind of full when she was the dean of the college or whatever it is at Harvard. She was a real DEI warrior, which raised the 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 ire of the right. In fact, two the two people she to whose career two of the three people's careers she destroyed were black men, and then the other one was a white woman. um, As the the dean of the the college, people who are far more uh, accomplished as scholars than she is. so that raised the, the ire of the right. But the fact of the matter is, is that she was being defended for her disastrous appearance before right. Congress. But then the plagiarism, plagiarism then yeah. faculty started stepping away from her. Yes. And you've got I, now just a small group of kind of, of of warriors defending her and saying, well, it's not that big a deal. And the only reason why this happened is because she's a black woman. Look, and you're right. Guarantee you this, that if my <laughs> dissertation committee had discovered that I had, yeah, you I wouldn't. would not have a PhD today. The, I would have been thrown out the, even at that late date. There's no doubt that that's all correct. But what I'm saying is there for a large number of people, there is the perception that that was used as an excuse and really, because she is a woman of color, they went after her harder than they would have had she not been. Whether or not that's true, there are people who believe that, and right. that drives their perception. I'm not sure. I think it's people. Harvard. I think I think it's Harvard. I think I think Harvard has this special place in the minds of of people who are don't like higher education because it has become a you know, a node of, you know, wokeness or whatever, um, however you want to, you term it. I think, look, look at what happened to the guy in Stanford. He was discovered to have done funky things in his lab by student journalist, a student journalist who I actually know. Um, and he was forced to resign. White guy. Again, he did not have the same um, visibility as Claudine Gay did. But the so, outcome was the same. Okay. So how could you say it's... I'm not arguing the facts with you. I'm telling you yeah, that... Right. It's all narrative. It, it's about people's perception of this. I will... I will. I, I certainly believe that there are some people who looked at Claudine Gay and said, you know, never going to give a black woman uh, the chance. But I do think that it, had she not been discovered to have been a plagiarist, she would be the president of Harvard today. That, that and so is probably true. It seems to me that's the crime here. Again. You, are, but, are people saying she got a closer look at her work because she's a black woman? Yeah. I, I think there are people who are saying that but she what about had the guy no in chance. There was a close look at his work and he's not a black woman. Again, he wasn't the president of the university. He was the president uh, of Stanford. Well, he was the president of Stanford? President of Stanford. Yeah. My look, favorite look, college look, president is the guy who is posting porn on online. University of Wisconsin at La Crosse. La Crosse. Um, and, and look, yeah, obviously also the president of Penn resigned because of her horrible uh, performance. She seemed not to be up to the task at all. Well, it, could it be that Claudine Gay was not up to the task either? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, but again, this isn't about the facts. This is about the perception. So then, so, so there isn't an outcry really about Liz McGill's resignation. No, there hasn't been at all. But there's a there's an outcry over Claudine yes. Gay's resignation. Yes, where arguably what Claudine Gay did was worse. Yes, was much worse. I mean, at least Liz McGill has some sort of academic record. Yes. But again, it's not about the facts. It's about the perception. <laughs> that's really messed up, man. But that's what it is. I know. That's the reality that we're living in. <sighs> yep. And then, of course, you've heard about this, um, the guy who was responsible for really for going after Claudia. Bill Ackman. Bill Ackman, whose wife actually plagiarized her own dissertation. Yeah. And so now there's there's some sort of, now it's going to be a tit for tat thing. So now Ackman is getting people to look into everybody's dissertations. Everybody. And so what this means to me is that there are a few but, mega donors who have way too much power over the entire Ackman's process. Ackman's wife, though, came out immediately and said, I have to change those things. I'm very sorry. I never did it. Well, what was she going to say? I never meant to do it. Whereas Claudine Gade never did that. Okay. So Claudine Gay got worse advice. Um, but Ackman's wife, you know, while the whole thing was going on, do you well, think in the back of Hold on, do you think in the back of her mind while Ackman was pushing uh, everyone to go after gay, his wife was thinking like, oh boy, I hope this doesn't blow back on me. I don't know, but she should resign her position as well. Well, do you think she's going From what I understand, from what a little bit I read about it, she her plagiarism isn't as extensive as gays, but any plagiarism okay, to my but, mind but do you is think she's going to that requires that requires someone to resign their position. Do you think she's going to? No. No one ever does. No one ever is held accountable for their plagiarism. Except and don't Claudine tell me that Claudine Gay is a nine hundred thousand dollar salary and has tenure position at the Department of Government at Harvard. So in five years, no one will remember any of this, or the narrative will be Claudine Gay was a, a victim of racism. Again, Not it's, a, about, it's about the narrative. It's judgments. It's about the narrative. Right. So she's fine. But if she's the only one held accountable, you just said nobody is held accountable. Well, but Claudine the Gay guy, the, held the president of Stanford was held accountable. Nary so Boxman, I think is so, her name, is apparently being held accountable. So some people are Very, very often, these... These university guidelines and disciplinary things are basically ignored. Kind of like the guidelines of the Supreme Court that they set for <laughs> themselves about about ethics. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, so well, this is what we we're talking about. Like, uh, there was actually a good piece in the Washington Post this morning by Megan McArdle about throwing away norms and principles for political expediency, and she said that is what's kind of characterizing both right and left these days. Is that exactly what you're saying? The narrative is more important. No matter what kind of damage it does to your organization, institution, or political party, as long as it's politically expedient, you can undermine over over the long term. It's people are willing to sacrifice their organizations, institutions, or parties for uh, for political gain. And so, what does that tell you? Uh, collapse is upon us. I mean, not to not to you know put too fine of a point on it, but yeah. Right. Like, and look, this goes back to what we were saying in the beginning of the episode. The narrative is Joe Biden is too old, not the fact. Right. Compared right, right. to Trump. It's well, going there was back a, to the narrative. The piece that I did on Yemen 
fact, and I kind of knocked, you know, a member of con- uh, Congress, you know, the, the Houthis are like the worst people on earth, but in their desire to like get the Saudis, they yeah. ignored the fact that the Houthis are le- these terrible, terrible people. But that's real politic. I mean, it's we've not been doing that politic. forever. It is. Real. We've been doing that forever. We've been if, if up, it was real politics, they'd be lining people. up with the Saudis. No, but they're, been, oh, they're all about human rights and wait, so on wait, and so wait. Forth. But we've been we've been propping up bad people forever. Well, yes, of course we have. But the but the Houthis are in bed with the Iranians. That seems odd for members of Congress to be kind of dis- diminishing or minimizing whatever it is the Houthis have done. It's all messed up, man. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say. Anymore. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at a loss. So uh, uh, the other big news, the uh, the cultists at the University of Michigan have much uh, to celebrate. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you, think if, do you think if Coach Harbaugh uh, told – people to throw themselves off the top of the the big house they would i mean it is a cult i mean is it any different than joe paterno back in the day um, i guess not or, know, like, or any of these places it's like joe paterno like that whole thing it's like the catholic church weren't all these guys are the highest paid public employees in their state okay. yeah. like the football coach makes like 10 times or more the governor but I mean, I think that those schools would argue that they're worth more to the schools than because know. of the revenues they bring in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is a cult. And yes, I think it's just a if Joe Paterno of American people, values. If Joe Paterno had told people to jump off of uh, a tower, I think a bunch of them would. It's really um, if Jim advantage. Harbaugh would. I don't know about Harbaugh, but um, I think that people that would, Michigan cult today. I think people protect their institution at any cost. Do, do you remember? I, I mean, people told, have forgotten I, that Harbaugh was credibly accused of being involved in some cheating scandal. I don't know. They're, I, I'm, they all get involved in cheating scandals and some kind of scandals. All of them. Dude, you're so dark. Do you remember? I, I definitely told you about this. A, a few years ago, I was on the campus of Michigan State University. And it was right after the Michigan Michigan State game, and right. there was a guy. There was some guy. You said you mentioned this on a, sit, on a previous episode. Yeah, sitting in front of the Sparty statue. Sparty, yeah, guarding it, guarding the statue. I mean, it's all a cult. It's right. It's all they're all cults, and, and I get it. Like people want to have something bigger than they are to believe in, and right. it's all well and good, like up to a point. And the point is, when you're spending a week of your own time sitting out in a lawn chair guarding a statue, you may have gone too far. I don't know. The whole Uh, thing is off the wall. Yeah. That being said, I watched on Netflix. They have a a, uh, series, I think six episodes, about the captains of the World Cup soccer team, soccer teams. Yeah. And it was fantastic. It was Some really of the Netflix things have been good. It was really good. It was, you know, they they made a they created a way for you to care about an event where you already knew the outcome. Right. And they're building up to and look, this is like NFL Films has made a career yeah, 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 off right. of this. But at the same time, 
you talk about like cultish followings. Like when when uh, Argentina won the World Cup, they showed fans in the stands crying, like not right. just one or two fans, but like everybody, like well, crying. Think about what happens when the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Yeah, but that's once every century. I know, but I'm saying people will cry. Yeah, I'm glad but, I saw this. Yes, but it was. I mean, the emotions. Forget about the players on the field breaking down and crying. Like the right. fans have so much invested in this, and it turns out that for most of them, and for most of fans of any team, that's kind of all they got going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the, there's Can't not a lot to Sunday. cheer. There's not a lot to cheer about in Argentina as a country. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, well, but then what's our excuse? Everybody sits around. Well, I guess you're right. Well, we, we get excited about the Yankees. Right. My father and I, we would like, it was all about the Giants on a Sunday. Yeah, but again, that that's was a, a four bonding. bagel day for Michael Cook. That, that was a big a, celebration. That's a bonding thing. Yeah. It's a generation. There are lots and lots of reasons that people have fandoms. I, you like, see my again, father's 1950s era ski, uh, um, the ski hat? Ski hat, yeah. 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 Again, again, there's a there's fandom and then there's obsessiveness, right? right? Like the, at, at what point does that fandom like become something like bizarre? I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I don't know. All those people painting their faces and stuff. I think face painting is okay, but like what about naming your children after like you know, coaches right. or Players. There's a story here about, you know, there's, there's this rash of, of theft of French bulldogs. Apparently oh. they're quite, they're, they're worth a lot. And so in DC, people have been snatching people's French bulldogs. And over Christmas, this guy got a French bulldog named Dak. And it's named for Dak Prescott to go with his oh, son, yeah. whose name is Ezekiel. But yeah. who was, you know, what's his name was the running back for the Cowboys? Zeke, Zeke Elliott? Is that his name? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, people are, uh, and so it was really sad. But also <laughs> the dog's name was Dak. Anyway. Look, I get, I understand naming your dog after it. But like but the your, kid was also named for your, I know, like, that's, that's, football. that's the bridge too far, I think. That you being did, said. You didn't want to name Jordan Jeter. I did. I was about to say that. You know that that was on my <laughs> list. Well, I, you know, Maddie, if she was a boy, was going to be Eli, but not for Eli Manning. I mean, we like the name, but Jordan, yeah, kind of for Eli Manning. No. Jordan was born during the Subway Series in 2000, in which Jeter was the MVP of that series. Oh, that would have been perfect. I had been, and Michelle was Jeter like, we're, we're, Michelle's like, we're getting a divorce if you think you're making <laughs> that kid Jeter. Like, so Jordan was a close second. All right, that's good. Yeah, that's good. All right, all right. I think we're good for this week, right. and um, we'll hopefully be back next week. Yeah, on Sunday. Yep. All right, all right. We're out. Get this, get this out into the world. All right, we're out. Later. Later. <laughs>